All right, today is July 31st as we finish the month of July and uh, our lesson nine as we start a new unit on worship in the Psalms. And our lesson nine is worship God in times of trial. And uh, so we've taken prayer requests, so let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're so thankful that that you know exactly what we need and and we know that you are dealing with our nation lord and and if you're trying to get our attention help us to to wake up lord as a nation and to call upon you lord and we pray that you'll just relieve a lot of this judgment that is happening with the fires and the floods and bring relief to those things lord and and we thank you for this day lord and we thank you for drawing us closer to you and we praise you for it in jesus name amen all right we're uh, going to go over our quiz first if you brought your quiz with you i don't know where i have any more copies of the quiz over here i might I think this is a few here. Anybody need a copy of the quiz? So uh, this is the uh, review, really, of Acts since we finished that last Sunday, uh, the part one of Acts, uh, which went through the 12th chapter. And so we still have part two eventually that they'll be having in our quarterly, I'm sure. But anyway, on the true and false questions, the first one is the Holy Spirit was not present before the day of Pentecost. Of course, that's false. He's always been present even since creation. The Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And then the second one is Matthias was the apostle chosen to replace Judas and that we know is true, is what the uh, apostles did. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, this is uh, the third one, were punished because they refused to give an offering for the poor, and that's false. They they weren't punished for that, they were punished for lying to the Holy Ghost. Uh, Fourth, the account of Stephen's ministry is an encouragement that believers other than pastors can minister in the power of the Spirit, and that's true. Um, Fifth, prior to his conversion, Paul, that is Saul, was a witness to the martyrdom of Stephen, and that's true. Uh, Sixth, after the stoning of Stephen, the early church became more cautious in sharing the word, and that's false, because they went everywhere sharing the word. Uh, Seven, after the raising of Tabitha or Dorcas, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time, and that's true, because uh, that's where Cornelius' men found him. Uh, eight, Peter crossed cultural lines in preaching to Cornelius, and that's true, <laughs> definitely, because it had been uh, focused on Jews all this time uh, in the Jewish history, and now they're uh, realizing that God also wants to save the Gentiles. And nine, uh, 
the believers in Jerusalem welcomed Saul immediately. Of course, that's false. They were very weary of him, or, or wary of him, I should say. Probably weary of him, too. Uh, Ten, Peter was led out of prison by an angel, and of course, that's true. Uh, the multiple choice, how did the early church address the issue of caring for the needy? A is the answer, those who had what they needed shared with those who did not. And secondly, or the second one, the judgment of Ananias and Sapphira is best described as illustrating C, God's judgment for conspiring to test the spirit of God. Uh, third, uh, re, uh, when the apostles were threatened by the Sanhedrin, they responded by B, rejoicing that they were honored to suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus. And fourth, when the problem of caring for widows arose in the Jerusalem church, the apostles responded by C, appointing deacons to oversee the care of the widows while the apostles focused on prayer and teaching the word. Five, uh, Philip preached the gospel in B, Samaria. And um, six, Peter received a vision involving C, a sheet that was filled with unclean animals being lowered from heaven as God was getting him to change his view on what God cleanses, and so he wanted to prepare him to realize that God also wants to cleanse the Gentiles as well. Seven, what did Peter learn from his vision and subsequent visit to the house of Cornelius? And that was A, God's offer of salvation goes out to all people, including Gentiles. Thank God for that, because we're Gentiles, most of us here. Uh, eight, and Jesus appeared to Saul as he traveled to be Damascus. Nine, a prophet named Agabus foretold that, C, a famine would sweep through the land. And ten, who vouched for Paul when he came to Jerusalem? It was Barnabas, which was B. So I hope you all did good on that. I made a hundred this time. <laughs> you made 99. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> Since they're all five points each. <laughs> 95. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, that is true. Sometimes teachers would give a bonus one. Anyway, today we're, like I said, starting a new unit. And it's about psalms, worship in the psalms. And it's interesting, the location of psalms in our Bible, that it's right in the middle of the Bible, nearly all Bibles. And because people like to go to the psalms, because you'll find every emotion known to man uh, addressed in the psalms. And, of course, this unit has to do are, yeah, with worship in the Psalms. And of course, that, that covers many of the Psalms, but we're going to be looking at three of them today. And then the uh, key verse is found in 
Psalm 56, 12, that states, uh, God, I will render praises unto thee. Thy vows are upon me, is what he says first. And then in the NLT, in the LLT, it says, I will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. That reminds us of the scripture in the New Testament where it says we offer the sacrifice of our lips unto the Lord. And uh, thank God we don't have to bring animals to be sacrificed anymore. That uh, he looks for the sacrifice of our lips of praise unto him because he is the complete sacrifice and no other sacrifice needs to be done beside what Jesus did. Um, so anyway, no one is immune, of course, from trials and struggles because our lesson is worship God in times of trial. And one of my favorite songs in the hymn book that you probably know is uh, When We See Christ, 144. And... Uh, you know the course. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all So bravely run the race till we see Christ. And the first verse says, Oft times the day seems long, our trials hard to bear, and we're tempted to complain, to murmur and despair. But Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away, all tears forever over in God's eternal day. And uh, the third one, third verse says, Life's day will soon be o'er. All storms forever pass. We'll cross the great divide to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven, a harp, a home, and a crown. The tempter will be banished and will lay our burdens down. Amen. I love that song. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. Esther Kerr Russell wrote that, and I understand she dedicated my sister as a baby. And so, uh, like I said, my, my folks had connections with some of these authors. I, I was talking about... Uh, the one who wrote um, the, the song, I um, can't even think of it right now, that we sang last, or mentioned last Sunday about how that, um, what is that song? Anyway, anyway, it, it yeah, uh, I know it just as good, but anyway. Uh, but uh, anyway, I made a mistake. I said that my brother knew that author, and, and he corrected me. He said, no, he didn't know him, but his, our mom knew the author. And um, 
uh, I'll think of it in a minute. But anyway, it's a beautiful song, too, about how that no matter how vile we are, his blood can cleanse us and make us whole or free. Uh, no one, like we said, though, is immune from trials and struggles. Uh, no amount of money, power, or influence can create the perfect life. Rather than deny trials, we must find ways to successfully navigate them. Thankfully, Christians have abundant supply of strength, peace, and provision that they can receive from God. So today's lesson looks at three important psalms that remind us how worship can help us endure the hard times. And you may be surprised to think of worship this way, yet we are reminded through these psalms that worship redirects our focus from our crisis, as serious as they may be, and instead onto the one who helps us through difficult times. In the Old Testament, the root word, or meaning of the word, that is worship, is to bow. And uh, this is a reverence giving due honor and acknowledgement to an individual, but especially toward God. When applied to God, the word speaks to external acts that reflect internal attitudes and values. And so for this reason, while this word only appears 17 times in the Psalms, worship to God is present throughout this book, seen in responses such as trust, praise, glory, acclaim, and magnificent directed toward God. So as we move through the unit, note the many ways we can show our heartfelt worship to him. And so today we begin the journey by examining worship amid times of trial. So that's the introduction to the lesson today. Uh, our central truth is praising God can lift us up in any situation. And we're encouraged in all things to give thanks unto God and to praise God. Uh, not necessarily thank him for what's going on, but thank him that he's with us and that he will not let us be tempted above we're able to take, but with every temptation we'll make a way of escape. So we have uh, the first reading here is to trust God when afraid. And that's our new poster for the unit right up here. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, which is found in the third verse of Psalm 56. <coughs> Those that have quarterlies will notice you have that same design right on the cover of the quarterly that is here. And it was, it was taken at uh, the springs there at N. I can't read it this far away. The, the springs at in Gedi or something where David had hid from Saul. So uh, that's a pretty place there with the waterfall and everything and the huge rocks and caves probably because we knew he hid in caves a lot of times. 
but but that was in Gaty Gaty or something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll let uh, Sherry read here the this first Psalm fifty six one through thirteen. Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? All day long they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire, they lurk, they watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust, am not afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thanks, my thank offerings to you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. All right. Thank you, Sherry. So we see there that uh, he is uh, worshiping the Lord as he is really kind of fearful because after all, he's being pursued by Saul and uh, Saul wants to kill him. And uh, so uh, he uh, is, he had to run for his life. And so he said, well, when I am afraid, I'm going to trust in thee. And then in the fourth verse, he says, in God, I will praise his word in God I have put my trust, and I'll not fear what flesh, because he knew that it was flesh that was after him, what flesh or man can do unto me. And it, it repeats it again in a way in the 11th verse when he said, In God have I put my trust. What does that remind you of? In God we trust is on every coin and dollar bill here in the United States because that's our model. That's the model of the United States. And we're the only country that has as a model in God we trust. And uh, so uh, it, they may not realize that it's, it's scripture that is on our bills and on our coins because it's, there's two verses right there in Psalm 56, it mentions to put our trust in God. In God have I put my trust, there in the fourth verse, and in the eleventh, in God have I put my trust. And so that's the same thing as saying, in God we trust. And uh, so that's interesting to see that um, what we have on our dollars and coins is straight from the scripture. In God we trust. And uh, when it talks about vows, it's really talking about commitment, that we need to be 
committed because when you're getting married and you give those vows before God and the people and the preacher, you're making a commitment to uh, honor and obey and, and, and uh, uh, be true and faithful to that spouse that you're marrying. So we consider vows as commitment. And so he's, we need to be committed unto the Lord and know that we can trust him because he will see us through if we trust him. And uh, even though he said, there's times I am afraid, but I will trust in thee. And then he, he uh, kind of prays through, you might say, where he said, I will not be afraid what man can do unto me as long as I put my trust in God. And, of course, David wrote most of our psalms, and uh, the psalms were the songs that the Jews sang. And uh, so psalms and songs has about the same meaning. Of course, in the New Testament, we're told to, to sing unto the Lord in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And that's the way most of our music is set up in, in Pentecostal churches especially. We'll sing some hymns maybe and some songs and spiritual songs, which is more of contemporary maybe, or, or songs that, that just really worship the Lord. And I know here at, at Crossroads, uh, we mostly sing songs of worship unto the Lord and and who he is, and, and uh, this is pleasing to God as we worship him. The unbelieving world often holds real animosity, animosity, sorry, toward God and his people. By the way, that song was Yes, I Know. <laughs> I knew it would come to me eventually. As a result, we find ourselves and our beliefs under attack in a variety of ways. So Psalms 56 offers assurance that we can trust God in such times that we may fear or, or uh, have fear and, and are afraid, but we can trust in him. And, of course, he is desperately fleeing uh, this time to Gath while Saul is pursuing him. And he felt threatened then by the king of Gath and had to flee again. And so we find David pleading to God for mercy, fearful of the bold attacks of his enemies. He had not only Saul after him, but the, the Philistine king of Gath. And after all, uh, David was the one, you know, that got rid of their main champion being Goliath. Um, so he thought maybe he could hide in the enemy's camp and, and Saul wouldn't go there. But uh, he found out that they remembered who he is and, and uh, so he, he almost was in trouble with them when he went there. The psalmist though provided a reminder that while his attacks were real, or attackers that is, they were weak in comparison to the Almighty God. And uh, 
we're told, you know, in Scripture, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so the he in us is the Holy Spirit or, or the presence of God within us. And uh, so if we, if we fear God, we have nothing else to fear, as someone has said. So anyway, he had confidence that way that God would see him through. And uh, he recognized his enemies were real, but if, if he had been left to fend for himself, there was genuine reason for fear. He would no doubt have been overwhelmed by his enemies, but he trusted God to intervene. And therefore, God protected him. And uh, so it ends with David accepting his responsibility to respond properly to the loving and trustworthy God that he served. And he would obey with an attitude of heartfelt praise. All right, now we come to the next psalm, which is Psalm 61. That's a shorter psalm than, than the Psalm 56. Uh, Opal, you have that? Psalms 61, 1 through 8. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the, her the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever that I may daily perform my vows. There's a lot of songs that we could sing with this lesson today. And one of them is, He brought me out of the miry clay, set my feet on the rock to stay. And he put a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. And uh, another song that you may not be familiar with, it talks about, um, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Uh, that is a song also. But uh, if a rock is higher than you, that means you can't put yourself on it. It'll take, it takes God to put you on that rock. And that's the way it is with salvation. We can't save ourselves. We need to trust in the Lord to save us, and he will lift us up like that song that I quoted out of the miry clay and set our feet on the rock to stay. And throughout scripture, we know the rock is Christ. And so we're, we're grounded, our, uh, we're founded, you might say. Our foundation is on the rock of Christ. And uh, our life needs to be built on that rock. But um, it mentions the fact that, that he will lead us to that rock that is higher than us. And uh, 
Then it mentions about, uh, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. You, you remember, David did not have a temple when he was king. He had the tabernacle, uh, which was really a tent that housed the Ark of the Covenant. And we know that uh, he brought that tent, or the Ark, that is, to Jerusalem and put it in this tabernacle or tent. And he would often go to that tent and pray before this Ark. And so this is one reason why it mentioned the fact of wings there. Um, if I can find it. Um, yeah, I, it's right there. I will abide in the tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. So God doesn't have wings, but the ark did. The ark had those cherubim of wings. And so when he would go and pray before that ark of the covenant, he would notice the wings of those uh, cherubim. And even Psalm 91 uh, seems to indicate when he talks about under the shadow of thy wings, there in the tabernacle where the ark was and, and uh, when the sun would shine down upon that ark, it would cause a shadow to come upon him. And so he said, I will abide in the shadow of thy wings. Um, that's another good song, Under Thy Wings. Um, I'm safely abiding. And also, again, he mentioned the vows of, or the commitment that he had unto the Lord. And um, he said, I will sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows or commitment unto God. All right, the last scripture has to do with uh, Psalm 124. This is part of the ascent psalms, as they're called. From 120 through 134, these were psalms or songs that the uh, pilgrims that were on their way to Jerusalem would sing. And so as they were approaching Jerusalem, which was on hills, in the 20, 120, it said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And so as they were getting closer to Jerusalem and to the temple, they would sing these songs of ascent, as they're called. And so in, in 124, uh, that was 121, by the way, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. I think I said 120. Uh, but he also mentioned the fact that his help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And... Uh, he also mentions about Israel there. He that keepeth thee will not slumber nor sleep. And so uh, God keeps his eye on Israel. Even though Israel is in a backslidden condition like the United States is in a backslidden condition as a nation, yet God's eye is still upon both nations. And uh, like I said, I'm sure he's pleased with the fact that we chose as our model the scripture in God we trust.
crust. And uh, nearly our original documents, the Constitution, the, the uh, Declaration of Independence is all based on scripture. And uh, you can find scripture to back up both documents. And they say, well, the Lord isn't mentioned in the Constitution. Yes, he is. On the last page, it says, in the year of our Lord, 1776, we signed this, dec uh, this Constitution. So on that signature page on the Constitution, they acknowledge the year of our Lord. And the Lord, of course, is Christ because he's the one that came 1776 years ago. And so uh, uh, you, you can find the Lord in the Constitution. Um, some things you won't find in the Constitution, such as abortion and things like that. And this is why the Supreme Court said they were wrong in, in ruling for abortion because it's not in the Constitution. And uh, so uh, there's other things that are not in the Constitution that they need to correct that they have ruled about. Uh, but anyway, uh, in the 124th song, he, st he starts out by saying, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us, and the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. But blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. And our soul escaped as a bird out of the snare or, or trap of the bird catchers, the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Praise God. And that's what happened. We were trapped in Satan's trap, but Jesus came and he broke that trap, and we have escaped. Praise God. So we, he, we can worship the Lord in that fact that our soul has escaped. <coughs> our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Amen. Lord, we thank you. For the victory we have in you, and we thank you, Lord, that even though we may go through trials, we'll see that your footsteps are before us, that you have already gone through them, and that you will help us to go through them as well. And we pray that you'll just help us to keep our eyes upon you, Lord, and know that you will see us through. And one of these days we will say is that song we quoted, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Our trials will seem so small when we see Christ. And so help us to keep our eyes on the prize and uh, keep looking up for your, our redemption draws nigh. We thank you for being with the service to follow. Be with those that are not here today in the class, those that are traveling, give them traveling mercies. And we pray that you'll help others that may be just leaping through to wake up <laughs> in time to be in class. 
and we pray that you'll just continue to draw us close to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for coming out.